He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the 73rd Hole, the first 2021 edition of the 73rd Hole. Make sure you find us online at the73rdhole.com. You can search for us on social media, 73rd Hole, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Excited to start 2021. Excited to welcome back McCray Roofing, uh, our generous sponsor who was with us throughout 2020 and will continue to be here in 2021. So make sure you give them a call at McCray Roofing and Taylor, it has been a long, grinding three, four, what, three, four, five weeks? How long has it been since we've had a PGA Tour? It doesn't even feel like that. Well, technically, a PGA Tour event would be four weeks, I think, probably. But we had the father son, and then we had the holidays, and had the QBE, the QBE, exactly. And then, you know, in all honesty, I think the best thing for all of us is that we finally got twenty twenty out of the damn way, and we're on to bigger and better things. It's kind of light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like exactly, yeah, yeah. We had darkness, and then we had we've had all our sports back, which is good. And now, I think for everyone. 2020, you know, that, that December 21, 2020, everyone just kind of can hit the reset button, and now we're on to bigger and better things. So I could not be happier for this 2021 season, Colby. I think there's a lot of big storylines. We kind of look forward to some of them on our recap show. If you haven't checked that out, go back and look at it. I thought we brought, broke down last year's season and what we wanted to see this upcoming season very well. And, um, you know, this is kind of just where it all starts. Normally, golf, normal, even not golf fans don't really start watching golf until the Masters, but I think more people being too into golf because we did have the Masters back in November. You, you made the joke earlier. You said that Dustin Johnson has never played this tournament after being the Masters or he, after, he's, after he's playing. Ne- he's never had a Masters hangover while playing the Century Tournament of Champions. He's never done it. So it's it's uncharted waters for Dustin Johnson. Exactly. And so we made the joke, has anyone ever played the Masters and then the Century Tournament Champions back-to-back. The answer, obviously, no, because it's usually in April, and then it goes to January. I so, hope that one time it happened, and we just don't know about it. Like, some guy had an injury the week after the Masters and basically had to sit it out until mid-December, and then was like, well, guess I'm coming back at Century. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds like something Tiger... If if that would have been Tiger in 2008 instead of right. you know, so Masters, yeah, that could have been, but never. But he hadn't played in Hawaii forever. But we're kind of getting off topic here. But nevertheless, I am really excited about this tournament. And I, I just think with the Masters being back in November and with it also being here in April, I think it's going to keep even more not super golf fans like we are, but even the more casual fans would be more interested in this tournament as compared to the last couple of years. Yeah, I think so too. And just a couple of the big storylines going in this week. One of them is the equipment switch for John Rahm. And this is a, a very big deal. You know, he's been one of the key guys for TaylorMade with all of their marketing and everything that they do. And he has now made the switch to Callaway. Uh, brilliant marketing. I, I'm sure maybe it happened. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not one to say that it didn't happen. But, you know, John Rahm switches clubs to Callaway. Callaway, we immediately get all these news releases about him shooting 59 with his new Callaway clubs. So one way or another, uh, that looks good for Callaway golf. And getting Rom away from TaylorMade, that's that's a pretty big deal because TaylorMade had kind of had, you know, Rom, DJ, Tiger, Rory, all these guys. And Callaway pulled kind of one of the younger guys away in Rom. Yeah, you. it was probably a few weeks ago, t- um, TaylorMade sends out, it's kind of not postcard, but it's kind of their little the funny Christmas mark. Card. Yeah, and, and yeah. In a couple years ago, it normally had, had Tiger and all them in their onesies, and, and it was real funny. This one, they were kind of on the stairs, and it kind of caught people when uh, Fairway Jesus Fleetwood was on there, who, who was not a TaylorMade staff member for this year, and two missing faces really 
big TaylorMade faces, John Rom and Jason Day, not on the not on the Christmas card. And so, have we heard what Jason Day's doing? He, um, from from what I understand, he's going to be kind of like Kepka and some okay. of the other guys, basically a free agent. So he's going to be able to kind of play whatever he wants to. Good which, for him. He needs to get his game back more than any sponsorship dollars. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And so, okay, I think he should have plenty of money if he's if he's done things right. And when we brought in a recap show, it's a guy that we both definitely want to see get his game back. And so I think, um, you know, for for Rom going to Callaway, I think that, you know, I mean, you, you've seen it before. I, I remember back um, a couple years ago when um, Eduardo's brother, Francesco, won the Bay Hill Tournament. He switched to Callaway, I believe, the week before that tournament. He either, I think he switched driver and ball, which is something that is really, really hard to do. Most of the time, it takes people years to to get that combination worked out, particularly with all your other clubs in there. And he was able to win right away. And so, I mean, you've seen – you probably happened with you before Colby's happened with me. You get a new club, and it's probably happened to some, a lot of our listeners. You get that new Christmas club, new putter, whatever it may be, and you just make everything you look at. You hit every fairway. You hit it 30 yards longer, it seems like. Um, the fairway looks like it's – as you can't miss it and uh, so maybe he's going through a little bit of that and he could come out and win this tournament by seven or eight shots like we like we know he can um, and so and it's a course that we know that he likes and has played well so he will definitely be a name to look at and I'm um, it's something that not 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 a lot of people look into but equipment switches are a big deal in the offseason and it's interesting to see who people go to and what is becoming more prevalent like we just mentioned with Jason Day is this free agent thing because one thing I was reading on on golfworks.com is that you know, he's going to be able to go back to some older equipment that he, uh, on the website, quote, said he wasn't able to use, which is very interesting considering that, you know, these it's pretty apparent that these equipment companies are forcing the new equipment on the onto the um, onto their players, even if it may not be beneficial to their game, which I think is kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I think that that's very weird, and I think if I were a player, I would have it in my contract where I will play your clubs, but I get to choose which of your clubs I play because that just doesn't seem right for a guy who's playing good golf to switch clubs if he doesn't want, necessarily want to. And I think that usually, you know, they can come out and tell us about John Rom shooting a fifty nine at home all they want. I think usually it takes players a while when they have a club switch. We saw it with Rory whenever he went from Titleist stuff back in the day and switched over to Nike. It took him some time. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Was, I mean, I took him over a full year. Oh, yeah. And, and again, he when did he make that switch? Uh, at end of 2012, end of 2013. Okay. Which, which, going back to what I was talking about, he switched. That's such a big thing. Whenever you, sw- whenever you switch your ball around, it changes your whole back setup. And then he's also changing his driver on top of that, which, I mean, for, for a player like Rory, it, it was immensely hard. But then he was able to get it back. But then Nike stops making clubs, and you see kind of what all these guys were where essentially they can they're still on contract with Nike to wear the Nike clothes and apparel and all that but they can use whatever equipment they want and that's really kind of the best way to go about it and now but now you've seen you actually saw when when Rory left or when Nike stopped making he Rory used Callaway for a little bit he wasn't a staff member with them but he used their Callaway clubs then he started using TaylorMade became he's part of TaylorMade staff now whatever it may be and so um, yeah I find all these equipment things very fascinating and it it can take it can take a while to get adjusted to some or just with some people, it, it can click instantly. But I think bef- soon, it, even if Ron comes out and wins this tournament by eight strokes, it's not like he's going to win every tournament by eight strokes after that going forward. You know, it, you're, you're going to come off of the honeymoon effect at some point. It's just a matter of, of, of if and when. And so, yeah, it's... It, 
especially the first term of the year, I think it's very fascinating to see how how these guys will will react. And um, one thing too, Kobe, I think is interesting. Whenever you're switching balls, in particular, like for me, I went from the Pro V One X to the TP Five X, and for me, the TP Five X works a lot better in the wind. I can I, my dist I can hit into the wind. I hit the ball probably five yards on average, maybe than than with my irons because it wouldn't spin as much in the wind. So with these guys switching balls out in Kapalua, where the wind normally blows pretty hard, you know how much how are they going to be able to control their distance and how is it going to affect crosswind holes? And so I think that'll be something to to look into. But uh, Kapalua is a horses for courses type of place, so I think we'll see a very familiar list of names up there, and we'll get more into that after our break. Yeah, and I mean we've seen that throughout the years in Hawaii. Some guys play well out there. Some guys just go have vacation uh, and don't do a ton out there. But it's always a great tournament. You get the the Century every year. You get the Sony every year. Last year was no exception. We remember the playoff with Justin Thomas coming down the stretch. Oh, uh, was it Patrick Reed and Xander Schauffele? I believe both mm-hmm. in that playoff. It was with when um, the guy yelled uh, "cheater" and Patrick oh, Reed's bad yeah, stroke. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was uh, man. It's so crazy to think back to to fans last season because it was pre COVID and yeah. everything was different pre COVID. And and also remember this Thomas on eighteen. He uh, I believe in regulation he chunk hooked it into the hazard into the gouch over there on the left and yeah. then in the playoff ch- chunked it again and cleared it by about three yards right and then he got in up like and down the first for cut yeah, yeah. he's in the first cut over there and got it up and down for birdie so yeah it was a great tournament last year and looking forward to it this year um some of the biggest storylines going into this season obviously we won't see him this week but you and i were just watching on golf channel before we started they had the tiger woods chasing history on tracking down his 82 wins and there's a big question as to whether he gets to 83 this year and i think I don't know about you, Taylor, but I think the schedule early in the season will be very revealing as to how hard Tiger intends to grind throughout the year because if he plays five times before Augusta, you know, if he plays twice in California, plays Bay Hill, plays the players, plays the match play, then I think that's a good sign that he's feeling pretty good, that he's motivated to get out and grind uh, and go out and try to win this year. But, you know, if he goes out and plays Farmers and then plays Bay Hill and then goes into the Masters, I think it's a totally different story. So I think his schedule is going to tell us a lot about about what to expect this season from Tiger. I completely agree. I think I think early on I wouldn't be shocked because, you know, taking consideration also too, we are dealing with different COVID regulations in each state. So you, we are, um, you will see different discrepancies in there from where the tournaments are. But um, nevertheless, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Tiger will play um, the farmers at Torrey Pines, and then he'll play the Genesis, which I believe he's um, some sort of co-host dealing with it. So I'd be morally, um, not morally, but contractually obligated to play it. And so I think those would be two terms he plays over California. I, I don't have a problem if he doesn't play a lot of California events, Colby, just because, I mean, you know, you've been to San Francisco, and they're not all in, you know, central and northern California, but it can be it can get cold out there. It I can mean, get chilly. I mean, even at Torrey sometimes, because they play it so early in the year, usually it's nice in the afternoons, but you can get some chilly mornings out there on Torrey North. Absolutely. And so, I mean, and we know for Tiger, you want some warm weather. And I think with Tiger, if he want, I think he needs to definitely play those two California events. But then I think he needs to have a pretty ramped up schedule after that. I think obviously the WGCs, I don't know if he'll play the match play. It comes at a weird place in the schedule, but I think he needs to play Bay Hill. He needs to play, obviously, I think he's tried to play the Honda. He's played the Honda before he uh, played the Valspar. Last time he played it, finished second. Maybe look into that. Um, I need to pull up the exact schedule, figure out where the WGCs in their mix because if he's playing, he doesn't need to play three or four weeks in a row. I think that would be bad for his his game and his health. But I think we definitely need to see him play play more than two or three times before Augusta or how many ever he played last year because if I'm not if I remember right Colby did he, he didn't play at all after Riviera before Augusta last uh, year no I mean he shut it down last year um trying to remember now going back 
Yeah, because um, he because he because he was four under through nine at Riviera, and then he completely fell off yeah, the earth. Well, yeah, I, I remember his body went out on him. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, then he lost and, his body and finished what DFL after he made the cut. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we have a question of he doesn't play any tournament up until the Masters, and then he tees it up at the Masters, makes the cut, finishes whatever or whatever it was. But um, or no, sorry, that's we had the COVID before. Or, COVID, or, 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 but he yeah. he wasn't going to play. Yes, exactly. Leading up to the Masters, and then he yeah. was even a little skeptical about uh, playing after COVID. You remember he came back out after COVID. He wasn't comfortable at first. When he did come back out, there weren't fans, which obviously Tiger Woods more so than any player in the history of golf feeds off the energy of the fans. And I think that after his 2019 season where he won the Masters and then he won the Zozo in the fall, I think the thought was, I mean, he he's back. He's going to be around. He's going to be up there on leaderboards. And then 2020 was such a down year for him on the course. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was an overall bad year for him, but on the course PGA Tour events, it, he just didn't perform very well. And I think it leaves a lot of question marks going into 2021. I agree. Um, you know, we've seen the putter switches here and there. We've seen the health come back and forth. Some days it looks like he's having a tough time picking the ball out of the hole, picking the tee up. You can tell he's really late on the swing some days. And so, you know, when you just got so many great, great golfers out there and so many great young guys coming up who who are healthy. Um, and so I, I don't – for Tiger, for him to be able to put four consecutive healthy rounds together and, and then on top of that to play good and then on top of that to make putts, these are, these are all three factors that all have to add up for him, which is, I mean, you know, we talk about probability. The other night we were playing um, playing a game, I forget the name of it, Colby, where we're rolling a dice and the dice has six six sides and we'd go like 30 turns in a row when we need to roll a, a, right. a one yeah. and it doesn't happen. And so, you know, what is the, pro, you know, when we talk about probability, all that, and so you look at Tiger, what are the probability of that? We actually have to have four things happen. One is that he's healthy for four straight rounds. Two is that he plays good. Three is that he makes putts, which those are two separate different things. Right. And then the fourth thing is that you, he, can, he can't have one of these young guys go out there and just play better than him. So, I mean, these are four critical things that all have to line up. So it's kind of similar to rolling rolling a dice, you know, on number four, four times in a row. It's, you know, what are the odds of that happening? Or flipping a coin, it wouldn't be exactly four times. It'd probably be closer to... 20 or whatever but nevertheless you know how many times in a row would it land on on that certain thing and so you know for tiger it's just you know can we put all those pieces together to make it work and so far i think to get 83 colby he's either going to have to strike lightning in a bottle or have to play some of these smaller events where he's maybe not doesn't have all these big guns out there so that way maybe he can eliminate that last factor which is of having a you know, a really great player like DJ or JT just go out there and beat you where there's really nothing you can do. Yeah, because, I mean, if those guys are on, obviously, if DJ brings his A game, DJ's not going to be beat. Tiger wasn't going to shoot 21 under this year, no. I guess. T- Tiger at 45 years old. No one his, was. His, his A game isn't as good as DJ's A game. You know, if he shows up with his A game and DJ shows up with his B or C game, Tiger could beat him. But Tiger's A game at 45 is not as good as DJ's A game. at How old is he, 36? So DJ's the best player in the world right now. So, like you said, he plays the biggest event of the year and that's what we love to see we love to see tiger in these big fields and i I don't know it it would feel weird to me if he got number 83 at like the 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 desert shootout out in california that would just feel weird to me if that's where he got 83 i i think that just for me i think he should get 83 at uh, at farmers at tory i think he should get at bay hill at augusta i think he should get at one of these places that he's won a lot of times now obviously he can't pick where he's going to win but i me personally i would love to see him win it at a place that he's dominated uh 
I will play the contrary to that. I want him to do it at Riviera, the one place where he has played okay, the most amount really of time cool and too. has not won. That would be really I, that, cool too. That is, uh, with the exception of a major championship, obviously, and, and probably even a world golf championship at that point. But I think that would be the coolest place besides those for him to do that would be Riviera because he's played it 15 times or whatever has grown up around the area and has not won. It's just a course that doesn't suit his game. And yeah. so, um, you know, I mean, you have to, you just have to hit the fairways out there and, uh, he's, he hasn't been able to do that and put everything together for the 15 or how many, every times he played. So, um, and not necessarily have to be this year, even 83. I, I wouldn't want to go a full another calendar year without seeing a tournament win, but it would be really cool if he could win it at, at that place, which I can't think of another course where he's played numerous times and hasn't got a win at. No, I think that's the only one. I think that's the only one he's played that often and hasn't gotten a win. So, yeah, that would be cool or one of the places that he historically dominates. Yeah, I don't cool. want him to be some place that he hasn't played before. It's like he's the first time, a first timer there. Yes, I agree. Like, I wouldn't want him to go to San Antonio and get 83 Correct. in San Antonio. That'd yeah. be weird. It wouldn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. I would still love it. I mean, oh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if I if you had to say no win or win at a uh, lower strength of field tournament, I mean, I think we know which one we take. Oh, you yeah, know, I mean, so I'd, I'd drive down to San Antonio and jump in the river. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, we can get to 83, I, I would take it. But I, I agree with you. I, I want it to be at a place that he's that he has some success at before or at Riviera, just some place that he has played numerous times. But at, let's let's be the super pickiest. Let's just have it happen at Augusta. Let's just have it happen at Augusta, which, by the way, is his best chance of winning a major still, right? Probably so. Smaller uh, field, same course every year. It, it has to be. I mean, maybe the Open Championship. I mean, we saw Tom Watson at 59 out there. Yeah. You know, Darren he, Clark he, won it at a little bit older age. You get out there and you can, um, you know, he can, we saw it at Liverpool where he can just hit irons off the tee where you play a little bit more strategy. The thing going against Tigers that he's always putted worse on slower greens, mm -hmm. which is what you see over at the British Open. So I would probably but say... But now he puts bad everywhere. So maybe now he just I, needs to hit it great. That's a very good point. Um, I definitely say... The U.S. Open is is very unlikely for him just because of, yeah. of the way it sets up, and for as we talk about his health, if he's having to chop out of the the heavy rough so much, it's really it's really going to be a struggle. And the U.S. For him. Open's typically played at uh, cooler venues too. Maybe not so much this year with being in San Diego with Tory, but a lot of years you see it played. You know, Pebble is always cooler. They also play it up north a lot. You yeah. know, Wingfoot, obviously, it was in the fall, so it was a little bit different with the weather there, but they play it in Wisconsin a lot. So it's not, you know, like we were watching the Tour Championship where we got number 80 earlier, and that's 95 to 100 degrees every day. It's a lot easier to keep that back loose when it's 95 degrees outside than it is when it's 65 degrees outside. I, there's no doubt about that. And so, yeah, you know, normally U.S. opens in June, but even, like you said, Kobe, when it's in those areas, I mean, it can it can be cold, any, especially in the mornings. You know, like you said. Yeah, when that's you, what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you have to play one round in the mornings. There's no way around it. it you can't. You can't do afternoon afternoon tea time they, they they don't let you do that I think unfortunately. They make an exception just for tiger yeah, yeah. so sponsors it, exemption somebody needs to sponsor tigers afternoon tea times but that would uh, <laughs> talk about a game changer right there um so um yeah i, I would agree i think that I, I would say augusta and then the british open um pj championship maybe that just unfortunately it's kind of what we talked about where it's you got all the, it's such a bigger field. You got all those big names and it can, depending on the course setup, obviously, but yeah, I mean, we saw at Harding park, it was set up really nice and, and I loved what we saw there, but it could play more like a more traditional tour event. So kind of more birdies out right. there, more to be had. And so when you're going against all those great players, I think, I think you're right on the head. I think, it, I think it would go this order. It would go Augusta, 
British Open or Open Championship. I'm sorry. Then I think there's a fairly distant gap between those two. I agree. And then Pretty I think, big gap. and then I think it goes PGA. And then there might be just a big of a distant gap in there from the U.S. Open. Maybe get it in there because we we pulled it up on our on our recap show. Not kidding. I forget it now. But we have isn't the U.S. Open at Tory? Is yeah. It, yeah, it's this year, yeah, right? Tory. Yeah, 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 this year. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, he's won there eight or nine times total, I guess, if you include the U.S. Open. So, um, so I mean, why not do it there? And so, besides a course like that, though, he doesn't have much of a chance at U.S. Open. Yep, I would agree. All right, that's Taylor Williams. I am Colby Powell. We are ready to preview the Century Tournament of Champions. First tournament of the 2021 calendar year. It's a fun tournament every year. Usually the same handful of names dominate at the top. So there's a lot to get into. Best DraftKings lineups, best bets. There's a ton of fun bets on the market this week. And we'll also give you our one-and-done picks. We have to run out two golfers in our pool this week. Do you run out the big names in week one because they play well here, or do you save them for later in the season? All that and much, much more coming up next. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back, everybody. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, Colby Powell and Taylor Williams with you. Century Tournament of Champions taking place this week. We forgot before the break, though, Taylor, to mention the sighting of the long lost, our good friend, who was wearing an OU shirt in the picture, one Mr. Anthony Kim. Long lost AK. He is he is basically a cult following at this point in golf. I think we we our great friend of the show Kelsey Klein is as knows Anthony Kim personally and has personally distraught any anytime we bring him up because he's so sad about how good he thought he AK could potentially be and unfortunately where he's at now and you know we talk about he's wearing an OU shirt he was also you know two photos were circulating one was with his uh, old swing coach um, Andrew I always forget how to pronounce his last name and yeah, you nailed it. Um, and uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, an old uh, senior coach, Bobby Stoops, at uh, at some bar. I'm not sure. It kind of looked like Riverwind Bar, but I don't think it was. Um, Did probably- they have some rock and roll tequila? Probably so. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think Bob Stoops goes anywhere without some rock and roll no, tequila. No, no. And then, so I thought that was... By the way, I'm a tequila guy. Why haven't I tried Bob Stoops' tequila yet? Probably because you're an OSU homer. Does that make me a bad Oklahoman? I should probably try yeah, Bob Stoops' tequila. Absolutely. Yeah, you I'll, should. I'll probably try I'll probably run the liquor store whenever we get done today. There Give you go. There you go. Bob Stoops' tequila. I can watch it uh, as I watch golf as the sun goes down. Thursday through Sunday. No doubt. No doubt. And so, you know, right before we go into the century, I just think 
you know, people don't get your hopes up. Anthony Kim's not coming back to play golf. I, I, I don't know. No. no, it's not happening. And so that's how old is he now? Anyway, uh, I mean, he still probably can't be that old because he was young whenever he came out. But I mean, he was only I think he's just only a little older than us. Colby probably what is Anthony Kim thirty five years old? Thirty six in June. Yeah. So I mean, it's and he he would have to return the ten million dollars or whatever he got, and so for the insurance. And so no, he's not coming back to golf. But it is super cool to see him to see him out there, and also to see he's got him a nice uh, nice sleeve tattoo which looks pretty cool and he's and he keeps repping the boomer sooner which i could not be happier about uh can you name any of his three pga tour wins uh he won a tigers tournament congressional i know that that was 2008 uh at national yep. at national yeah won it by two strokes at 12 under par freddie jacobson ah, freddie Yacob, man that's, that's a good up. name yep. so two more wins two more wins oh man i'm gonna be mad that i don't know these um, did ben curtis go to you no. No, Ben Curtis. Todd Hamilton. Todd Hamilton went yeah, to right. um, Well, Ben Curtis was the runner-up in one of his other wins in 2008. Oh, I know he won in July of 2008. Uh, which tournament was it? Won the Wachovia Championship in 2008 by five strokes at the, Wells Fargo. So, yeah. Cool. So, that's uh, Quahala. Quahala, yep. yep. Won by five strokes over Ben Curtis. Yep. Domination. And, and then, then third uh, one? Yep. Show Houston Open, 2010. Won it in the uh, playoff over Vaughn Taylor. That's right. That's yeah. right. I do remember that now. Yep. That's so I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. Was that but, the week before? Was 2010 the year that he made 11 birdies at Augusta? Or was that 09? I think it might have been 11 even. Um, I don't let, think it was 11 because he, he missed the cut in 11. Oh, okay. Then, he finished no, third uh, in 2010. It was probably 2010 then. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it was probably the week before. Yeah. So he won the show Houston Open. And then the very next weekend, he made 11 birdies in a single round at Augusta and, uh, Finished third place at the Masters. And he That's was, a hell of a ten day span. Yeah, he was playing with Rory in that round. I remember. Um, so let me let's. I, I want to make sure that it was twenty ten. I believe it was. Yeah, Anthony. Uh, Kim. Nope, two, it was two thousand nine. Was it really two thousand nine? That's what it says right here. Um, yeah, two thousand nine. He was t twenty that year. That's what it says. Let and me then he see. finished third in twenty ten. Uh, yep, he recorded um, eleven birdies in the second round of the two thousand nine tournament. It was two thousand nine. Wow. Okay, yeah, so I no. finished t twenty in that one. Then had a better say, finish the next I, year. I didn't think it was twenty ten for some reason because I know he was up there because twenty ten is when Phil won. Lee Westwood was up there still, in my opinion, the greatest player to not win a major. And so I remember that tournament. So I didn't think that they were associated. So that's why I thought they were different. Um, but yeah, Isn't if it kind he of a the fact at this point that Lee Westwood's the best player not to win a major. Definitely of our era. I mean, it's bordering on fact. Of our era, for sure. Definitely, yeah. I can't... I mean... I mean, there may get to a point to where people will throw BS Ricky Fowler out there who, no, who hasn't had no. And I mean, Xander would be a lot closer. Rob, the longer Rom goes, but I mean, these yeah. are, these guys are young. Yeah, you would think they'd win. We're looking at you know Lee Westwood's won four decades now, so yeah. I mean, I think that he he unfortunately that's not a crown you want to have really, but yet it's still. I mean, it shows you've had a really good golf career. Just and it also shows that a lot of things have to go right to win a major. Uh, there's no I doubt. I mean, Lee about Westwood that. was unbelievably great for a long time. Number one player in the world. No majors. Everything has to go right. I, th Padraig Harrington was a great player. I don't want to get too much down a rabbit hole, but Padraig Harrington has three majors compared to Lee Westwood zero, and Westwood has had Westwood's a, a, better player. a better player. I mean, let's just, better yeah. So I mean, let's uh, let's get into just some century tournament champions. How about a little century tournament of champions? Why don't we start on DraftKings? Like starting on DraftKings. I'm gonna start with my cheapest option, Taylor, because I'm excited to give you my cheapest option today because I like the local guys. 
I really do. Oh no, I like I, the local I, guys. I, uh, I, and, and look, I for, knew this for, was going to be overlap. For clarity, this is what a forty-one person field. Uh, it it was supposed to be forty-two, but I don't know if that was including or not including Jim Herman. Jim Herman tested positive for COVID nineteen, had to withdraw from the Century Tournament of Champions. Um, so anyway, forty-one, forty-two, nevertheless. Yeah. So you're n- not your definitely not traditional one hundred and forty-four field tournament, not even your limited field of seventy-five to eighty. So uh, there probably will be some overlap here, not just for us, but for anyone out they're doing these lineups and you're one and done. Yeah, it's hard to differentiate your lineup in a tournament like this. So I'm going cheapest on the board. 6,000 has played here once in 2015. Finished eighth in that event. Local guy, give me Robert Streb this week at the Century Tournament of Champions. Taylor? I mean, I, I, I can't give any more preview besides he was born in Chickasha, Oklahoma. That's all I want to say. I mean, I mean how do you not pick him? Uh, last time he played, he he won. So I'm going to go with that, too. Last so. time, how, how about this? The last time he teed it up, he won. The last time he had won prior to that was, what, three years ago? Somewhere around there. It's been a while, but yeah. Okay. Or, I mean, a while for his standards. Yeah, and in you know, 2015, for, whenever he gets the win, he comes out and finishes eighth at Century. So I would take another eighth place finish this yeah, week. From I Robert mean, Strip. especially for the cheapest or, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, he was my cheapest. My uh, second cheapest guy, Colby. Um, guy who has not been here in some time, has only had three appearances, but his, his, um, Appearances here, uh, excuse me. His appearances here have been pretty good. Finished the second and fourth a couple times, and then his other one was a little bit up there. But nevertheless, give me Martin Laird at sixty four hundred. I think he's got some good value for a guy who um, played really good at, uh, I believe, it was the Shiners that he won at, where he hold out of the bunker with the plug shot, one of the best shots of the year. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride with him. Like I said, it's very limited field, so you can't really go with a lot here. Let me get this. Exact also play. very I, well known for butchering the twelfth hole at Augusta in twenty ten and making Tiger stand around wait for 15 minutes to hit a three-footer and out and tiger is going to complain after he made a 12 or whatever it was this year yes he probably yes. should what did tiger make this year i can't remember I, it's it's was it a 12 i think it was a 10 no yeah you're right he made a 10 on 12 yeah yeah and uh so um martin laird's three appearances here 2010 he finished four 2012 finished second and 2014 finished 20th which doesn't sound that bad but limited field um so but yeah so for 6400 i'm gonna ride with that yeah it's been a day or two since he's been here uh by the way we should go ahead and uh i'm just gonna list these off real quick these are the guys who are in by virtue of making it to the tour championship because somebody's out there listening might be a little confused. These guys didn't win tournaments. Martin Laird didn't win a tournament. Well, if you were in the tour championship, uh, then you got in. There were other ways to get in uh, as well. So because of COVID, it was a very different year in terms of getting in to the Century Tournament of Champions because they needed a full field. So guys who got in via the tour championship, Abraham Answer, Cameron Champ, Harris English, Tony Finau, Lanto Griffin, Billy Horschel, Mackenzie Hughes, Kevin Kisner, Hideki Matsuyama, Sebastian Munoz, Kevin Nawalki, Neiman, Ryan, Palmer, Xander Schauffele, Scotty Scheffler, and Brendan Todd. Those guys would not have been in without the exemptions from uh, from the Tour Championship. So, anyway, names on there, very interesting. Yes, a very interesting names. Xander Schauffele, Tony yeah. Finau, Hideki Matsuyama, Hideki Matsuyama, only in the field uh, by virtue of the Tour Championship. So, your second most expensive is sixty four hundred. My second most is sixty three hundred. This is a guy that I'm hoping can get really hot with the putter this week. We've seen it, seen him do it a couple times in his career. I'm going with Andrew Landry. Some pretty good value was here two week, uh, two years ago. Pardon me, finished just outside the top twenty, I think twenty second. So I'm hoping for a better year. Uh, gets hot with the putter later in the week. Then my third most expensive, I jump all the way up to seventy four hundred for a guy who has not played a lot of good golf lately, but he did win a tournament last year, uh, and he does have a pretty good track record here. In twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, he finished seventh and fourth, and that would be Mark Leishman 
I'm running out at 7,400. Yeah, yeah you, you're going with, we mentioned this is a horses for courses type horses of place. Horses for courses. And versus, you going, this is the classic horses for courses versus form uh, type of debate. Had a top 15 at Augusta, but really hasn't been playing much good golf. But this could be where he turns it around. You know, maybe he went down to Australia and been playing in the in the warm weather because Southern Hemisphere, it's summer down there. Um, so I'll go with my next two most expensive, Colby. Um, my third cheapest guy is a guy who holds one single record at Augusta. And that is all four rounds in the 60s. Hey! It was set this year. Give me uh, another Australian who you got with Leishman. Um, give me uh, Cameron Smith at 8,400. Um, you, is, is your third cheapest? Third cheapest, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so... So you didn't take DJ or JT? I did. You did? Yeah. So I'm, you'll, you'll, I'm trying yeah. to do the math here and figure out the dollars. Yeah, you will, we'll figure it out. So, yeah, um, Cameron Smith, I mean, I, like I said, to finish together second at Augusta, finish fourth at the Zozo, uh, 11th at the CJ Cup, before that and so I mean just I mean and I mean I've, I've brought it up during our one show Kobe. his only experience here was 17th um, but to have all four rounds in the 60s the only person to do that that is some serious serious swag so I mean I'm I'm gonna ride that and then my next guy Kobe, 8600 um, I think we all love a good cheeseburger and I'm going with the Daniel burger this week um, I just, uh, we talked about the form, what he had last year. I think he's going to keep on riding it. I'm trying to find it right here. I want to see what his exact performance was. So, um, Daniel Berg going back, Mayakoba, 23rd, um, 17th, 28th. So, and then um, his only two appearances here, he's finished 14th and 11th. So, I mean, just a guy who I'm just going to ride with that. I mean, do, what do you think, Colby? Do you think Cheeseburger, do you think he's turned it around in a sense, kind of from where he was? Because he kind of was down a little bit, had such a good year last year. Is this something that's going to hold up for, because he was was with Spieth and Kepka, those young guys. Yeah, who he had everyone... some injury for a while, didn't he? Maybe a wrist issue, I think Exactly. It was. I think it was wrist, yeah. yeah. So and... do you, you think he's a young guy who's going to turn it around? He's got that real funky swing, kind of yeah. weird putting stroke. Was last year a fluke, or is he is he going to be one of those young guys that we look at for a long time? Yeah, I don't know about young guys that we look at for a long time, but I think he'll be better than he was while he was dealing with the injury. I, I don't think that he's going to uh, certainly, you know, suddenly elevate himself into the conversation of DJ, JT, Rom, Rory, Brooks, those guys. Uh, but I think that he can be kind of in that next tier if he continues to, to win once or twice a year. But that's what he's got to do is, you know, can't just go out and post a bunch of T12s. If you want to be in the conversation for that next tier, you, you need to be able to win a tournament here and there. I so mean, I mean what is, keep doing that. What is he, like 12th or 13th? In 13th the, in the world. 13th in the world. I mean, I, I, I don't see him getting in the top five for sure. Um, maybe no, he maybe can, low he can top, get in the top 10. I think, mid, you know, top 10 range player per se. And, but he, he could finish this year ranked sixth or seventh in the world or 35th in the world, and neither would surprise me that much. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, so kind of a, a weird situation there. For my next two picks, I'll make it pretty easy. I'm going to go Patrick squared. I mean, why, why not pick all the Patricks? Patrick Rogers in the field, so I couldn't get a, a, a uh, Patrick to the third. What's that called? Patrick tripled. Yeah, that's I, not what it's called. I, I, I don't, I don't remember what it's yeah, called. No. It's been a day or two since I've been in a classroom, but cubed. Is that, uh, is cubed, that, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah Patrick cubed. cubed. Yeah, I yeah. can't take Patrick Cubed because Rogers isn't in the field. But I've got Reed at 9,600 and Cantlay at 9,800. I think both have a chance to win the tournament. I'd be really surprised if either finished outside the top 10. So give me Patrick squared for my next two picks with Reed and Cantlay. Well, went pretty simple there. Um, unfortunately, I have one of those. Um, it is not uh, the second one, Cantlay. It would be the first one, our favorite golfer, Patrick Reed. So we're both running out, Patrick Reed. Good we, course history. We are. I, I thought 
thought about him in my one and done. I do not. I did not pick anyone in my DraftKings lineup in our one and done. I try to differentiate just a okay. little bit there, um, just to have multiple rooting interest. And so, um, yeah, I got Reed at, at ninety six hundred. He's my, um, I guess, fifth cheap, so second most expensive. And then um, that's where I fit DJ in there, Colby, at uh, as as my most expensive. I mean, okay. we brought it up. I mean, just just atrocious course history here. I mean, has never played well here. I mean, he finished tenth or whatever it was that one year. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's got a tenth here. Kind yeah. of loser would finish tenth in Hawaii. I mean, other than that, yeah, he's got you know a seventh, a fourth, a first, a sixth, a sixth, a first, a ninth. But other than that, I mean, he's got a tenth, Taylor. So can you really count on this guy? Yeah, I That's mean, the and, and the only year he didn't play was 2015 when he was dealing with some other off off the course issues. Let's yeah. just say. Let, that. let me so, ask you a serious, serious question. You're not worried at all about there being a Masters hangover. And him just basically celebrating for six weeks and then stepping right off a catamaran in the Pacific right onto the first tee. There's a reason I'm not picking him in the one and done. Let's put it that way. Just so, in case that happens. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, running out DraftKings here, you're looking at a guy who's had that much good form. I mean, literally, he 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 would have to withdraw from the tournament to not finish in the top ten, it seems like, because that's all he can do. And so... I mean, it doesn't really matter how much it costs when all these guys, like I said, unless you withdraw, you're getting through four rounds. So I'm looking for a guy who, who you got to look for guys who can win the tournament if you're going to want to elevate yourself. So I think that he would, he's obviously the betting favorite, is he not? I mean, with the, with the odds. Oh, yes. He's definitely the betting favorite. Six to one, JT seven to one, Rom's eight to one. Uh, and then Bryson's one lower at 10 to one. I, I noticed we both, let me finish out my lineup and then, and then we'll get to, to what I want to talk about. Um, I went with the other guy. I went with JT at the top. You got to, you got to pick who you think is going to win. And simply because of the Masters hangover, I think JT is really hungry right now. I mean, he just is two weeks removed from going out and beating up an 11-year-old, uh, metaphorically, of course. And now he's, Hopefully metaphorically. Now, now he's going to Hawaii to defend his crown where he's won two of the last four years. The two years he didn't win, he finished third and 22nd. So I, I think, like you said, every week, anybody at home filling out your DraftKings lineup, you should have one guy in your lineup every week who that guy is the one you think is going to win. Because... To win your DraftKings pool, you're probably going to have to have the guy that wins. So we're kind of going off two different spectrums here. We're going off of guy who won a major in the last tournament he played in versus your pick is the guy who is the defending champion, both yep. of which usually don't happen. So it almost never happened. But Hawaii has been really notorious for horses for courses. Uh, let's look back here. I'm neither one to... of neither one of us picking the uh, new Callaway equipment ROM 59 shoot. Uh, man, he's finished second, eighth, and tenth here in his three appearances, but I just do not feel comfortable picking a guy that I don't know how comfortable he is with his equipment, and, and I'm sure he is very comfortable, but it's different in a tournament. You, you know, if he's coming down the stretch Sunday, does he trust his golf ball in the wind? I, I don't know. He's never used that golf ball before, and now he's going to go play in 20, 25-mile-an-hour wind with it. I don't know. I just... Anytime a guy switches equipment, it makes me nervous. I probably, to be honest with you, I probably won't run Rom out between now and, oh, man, unless he just really shows me something early. Maybe I'd run him out at Phoenix or something if he really shows me something early in the year, but I, I probably won't run him out until summer or fall. He'd be a good, he's, he'd be a decent guy to save for the playoffs, potentially, or yeah. if there's a major that you think that he's going to win. I mean, like I say, he's number two player in the world. So, I mean, whenever you have if, your... If he's got it figured out by the U.S. Open, U.S. Opens at Tour, he might be a good time to run him out. And, and, and also, we'll, um, you finished, yeah, you finished out your line with JT. Um, so, for... For your one and done picks, you know, take this in consideration is that, you know, you, you know, like Rom's the number two player in the world. And so, you know, these, you know, tournaments give out different purses. So, you know, a win at the Sony next week is literally half as valuable as a win at the Master or at the U.S. Open, any right. major. So, you know, if, like, for example, if JT's playing next week at the Sony 
it's not really beneficial to run him out there because even if he wins, the most he's going to win is a million bucks. Which, also, he has to win next week to make it worth your while. Exactly. Yeah. And so for for any of these smaller fields coming up like next week, and even even this purse, Colby, I think the winner gets one point three. So with it being a smaller field, it's you know you want to run out of horses for courses, guy. But at the same time, it's. He, he the guy has to win or finish solo second or, or third to essentially get your value worth and that's what makes it really tough this week but I think I've kind of found the middle ground of some guys that aren't aren't the top tier ranked in the world but yet I feel like I have a good chance to win I feel like I'm kind of in the same neighborhood but before we get there I want to ask you um I mean we haven't talked about him at all today and he's a huge story though how are we feeling on Bryson going in do we do we have any idea what we're going to get from Bryson DeChambeau I, I, I have none. I don't. Um, one thing about Kapalua is that while they're, the fairways are really large, if you miss the fairways... If you miss them, and you're, you're in Hawaii. You, you are in, yeah, the, the the steep hills with the valleys, and it's uh, jungle. You're, you're you, native Hawaii. You are... You, there's no... There's not even a bug that could find your golf ball, let alone yourself. And so... Uh, it will be interesting to see how he plays it. If he could have it all going along, um, I'm not going to run it just because he's such a mathematician. And you know, this is like we we all we keep talking about horse for courses, but also too, if there's a lot of wind with green slope, you know, Bryson's going to be trying to doing some calculating whether okay, the wind's blowing this hard at this slope, and I need to hit it like this. And it's like just see it and feel it. I mean, we could be completely wrong, like like we, um, like I was at the U.S. Open. Like I had no I. Did not think he had any chance to do what he did, but um, but yeah, no, I would I would stay away from Bryson. But at any point, if he's clicking, he's going to win. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I uh, boy, I'd love to see him, JT, and DJ coming down the stretch, all playing good golf on Sunday. That would be impressive. At, at Kapalua, that yeah. would be fun to watch. Prime time too. Yeah, prime time on Sunday, and I think the Brown Steelers is the night game, and the Browns are going to be missing like a quarter of their roster. So who needs to watch football? Watch yeah. golf. Yeah, and, and the final Perfect. score will be 10-3 anyway. Yeah, so, so who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, all right, shall we move on to our one-and-done picks? So last year we did two separate pools, but that was because of COVID because we had a season-long pool that started before the year, uh, and then we just put Canes on what we did on the podcast. So this year, we we putting Canes on it again this year? Of course. Yeah, why not? Hashtag why not? Hashtag don't hate on the Brody. Um, all Hashtag right, so, Owen eight wizards or whatever they are. Uh, something like that. Yeah, you know, sometimes life gives you lemons, and yeah. uh, at that point you've, you've got to score more points than your opponent. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got the Century Tournament of Champions this week at Kapalua, par 73, long golf course, almost 7,600 yards, and we are picking two golfers in our pool this week, so we're only going to be giving you, we don't have separate pools to give you this week, so two players that you need to pick this week, Taylor, give me your first one, give me your player who's lower ranked in the world first, and then I'll give you mine. Lower ranked player, and so this will also make it less confusing for us, you know, like it was last year because we had multiple pools going on, and I was like, I'm pick here, then I'm gonna differentiate, and then it was like, well, well, nevertheless, so this will be a lot easier to keep track of. Small field, so we could have some overlap. I uh, hope we don't, though. I hope not. I I picked him here last year, Colby, at this event. Finished 14th, finished 11th the year before. Long hitter, wide fairways, played was playing good before the break. Give me Cameron. We are the champions. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that he's got a fairly decent chance. 19th at the Masters, 8th at the Zozo before that. Um, finished, had a chance to win at the PGA, kind of fall through down the stretch. The fall. Yeah, so I think that he has a decent chance for a guy who has played fairly decent at this course and something, of course, that sets up good for long hitters. Yeah, absolutely. Par 73, obviously. So, four or five par fives uh, makes it good for those guys. I'm going to go, you know, I kind of did this in DraftKings with Leishman, not on form, but horses for courses. 
I'm going to do the same thing with another gentleman, a sweet swinger from Japan. I'm just no. going to turn the TV off when he puts. No, I'm going to turn the TV off when he puts. Kobe. No. He's, he's played here three times. 2015, he finished third. 2017, he finished second. 2018, he finished fourth. Tyler, if you would, if you would be so kind, go ahead and tell the good people who listen to the 73rd hole who your second pick is this week in the one and done. I mean, this is going to be totally out of left field. Hit us. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, who's your second pick, Colby? Good Lord. I mean, I, he, I, I mean, there I mean, could be he, some overlap. Um, I mean, I mean he, 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 fit, he fits the mold. I mean, when, when I else are you going to pick him? I, at, at any point, he could. He's going to finish top fifteen or ten anywhere. I mean, because he's not going to win. It's. I mean, it, he has to make putts to win. And unfortunately, he doesn't make putts. So, I, if it, he hasn't finished outside the top five, and if I don't think he's going to win a tournament, might as well pick a time that I think he's going to finish top five. So yeah. that, that's my reasoning. Picking a decky. So there's our overlap. So basically, our one and done this week will be Cameron Champ versus Cameron Champ versus. He was in my DraftKings lineup. Was it? One of the Patricks? It's the one I don't want to root for the rest of the season, so I'm getting it out of the way week one. Give me Patrick Reed in the opener. Patrick Reed has a win here at Kapalua in 2015, has runner-up finishes in 2016 and 2020, a sixth-place finish in 2017. Pretty good course history for Patrick Reed. Has also played good golf recently. He was over in Europe just a couple of weeks ago playing good golf. Uh, Patrick Reed, I think, will very much treat this as a business trip, and I think he'll be going out trying to win, especially since he lost in the playoff a year ago. So, uh, I feel I feel pretty good about Patrick Reed and Hideki. I think that they'll definitely both be top ten, and I'm I'm fingers crossed that I can sneak them both into the top five for a really good start to the season. Well, I mean, I I, I said it um, whenever I mentioned it on our DraftKings lineup. I thought about picking my one and done, so I'm really glad I didn't because if we would have had both the same going out the first week, that would have been not very eventful. Guarantee uh, one of them withdrew. Yeah, no, <laughs> no doubt. And so I, I want your opinion on this, Colby, just for our other one and done players out there that are listening. I have uh, we might be under two, two different schools of thought here because and I, I've talked to other people and it's interesting to see their thoughts so my opinion is early in the year if you're especially if you're debating on who to use I think you want to use the player who is most likely to be picked the most because if early in the year for because later in the year as we've seen every year the picks discrepancy spreads out more so because I mean, guys like, are out of golfers yeah so you're gonna not everyone has DJ not everyone has so and so but at the start of the year everyone has everyone and the way I see it is if someone's you know is heavily going to be picked it's just you have to be feel so confident about another guy because if that guy that ever, that half of your pool picks wins you are stuck behind the eight ball so bad compared to even if the second amount guy wins could be, let's say in our pool, there's almost a hundred people. If 50 people have one guy and the next people, the next most picked is 18 or something. If you have the guy, if you don't have the guy that's 50th and he wins, I mean, you're behind 50 people. Then all of a sudden, if the second guy most picked wins, you're behind 18 people only. So definitely early in the year, Colby, I think the philosophy is if when in doubt, go with what kind of the kind of go with the crowd would say, I guess would be the way to phrase it. Um, But I don't know. You might be under different schools of thought. I know we've had conversations about this before. No, I'm I'm kind of along the same lines. I think it's hard to differentiate yourself early in the season. I mean, if you want to run a Joaquin Neiman out here, do it. I don't think that would be a bad play. I, I think you'd be crazy to run out like a, a Richie Wierenski or something just trying to use low names to stick around because there will be a handful of people in our pool who run out DJ or JT. We, we see it every year. People who want to get out to a hot start. I am not of that theory because I, I want to save the top 
I mean, I really want to be able to use the the 10 best players at the, in the game at the four majors and at the players. That's the biggest purses. I want to win the biggest purses. You also got to think you got WGCs throughout the year where you use two players. So I'm really hard pressed to burn two of the best five names in golf at the century. It's just hard to do. If they don't win, then it's now not worth it. But like you said, I went to the site-wide picks on the site we use because you can kind of get a, a, a feel for where guys They're are very handy tool to use. So, so who do you think is the most picked player? Have I looked, looked at I looked at earlier. Yeah, okay. the most two picked are Reed and Shoffley. Or it, it, this actually could change a little bit too. So last time I saw Reed was about 16%. Shoffley was 14%. Yep, and, it's pretty much still the same. And, and then, then Hideki uh, is number three. Number three, yeah. So yeah. I think... That's kind of, um, it's not a foretell all because, you know, every, everyone's one and done pool have a different amount of people and different um, um, interests and all that. But I would definitely say, definitely calculated. I haven't gone through and calculated the last two years, the amount of tournaments we've had anywhere between because of the being two week or some weeks you pick two players like this one. You'll pick anywhere between 53 and I think last year was 47 golfers. So just kind of high ball at say 55. This so, year I think it might be even more because think about all the WGCs and all the majors. The players we're going to be picking two. We're picking two here. We're going to be picking two for all the playoff events. And think about how many more events we have this year. So I think we can well, even pick as many as maybe 60 players this year. Well it depends on because we, we've always done that and so it just depends on how many of the opposite field events have been added this True. year that, yes, that, yes, that's yes. what matters yeah. so um i don't think they they haven't added any more we don't have any more tournaments where we pick two it players probably worth going in and seeing how many picks we're going to make on the entire I, season I, I, I bet it's around 55 okay. i would say because last two like i said it's been 53 and 47 the last two and and 47 was before the covid may i say as well so um so you're looking at somewhere around there. So you think about it. You go to the official world golf rankings. You scroll down 50 places, and you'll say, "Man, you know some of these names may, you know, let, let, I'm not saying they're not great players, main stretch of the imagination, but they're not necessarily guys that you're running to the betting window ecstatic about and saying, "Ooh, I want, I think this guy's going to win." Right. And you'll see a lot of people who go out there and they'll run. You know, you run out your DJ and your ROM the first week, and then next thing you know, it's the middle of May, and you've used all your golfers, right. and you don't have anyone to use. So make sure to be patient, kind of like Colby said. I mean, it's just obviously if if a guy wins, you're going to be benefiting. So I mean, if you if you're just overly ecstatic and you just think a guy's going to win, pick him. I mean, go for it. Always go with your gut. It's like you say, Kobe, think long, think wrong. So, you know, go, go with your gut. But at the same time, don't, you know, take into consideration how many golfers you pick throughout the year and also, too, you know, how big these purses are. Because, like I said, if if JT wins next week or who a big-name plays uh, wins, you get about $1.2 million versus um, the U.S. Open. If he wins, you get $2.2 million. I mean, very big difference at the end of the year. The million dollars is going to be the difference between you cashing and you pank at the end of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, um, all right, Century Tournament of Champions it comes on Thursday, 5 to 9 is what time it will be on uh, for us here in the Central Time Zone on Golf Channel. Let's see, 5 to 9 on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on Golf Channel, 5 to 9 p.m. here in the Central Time Zone. On Sunday, it'll be on from 3 to 5 on NBC and then 5 to 7 on Golf Channel, and then it usually bleeds over uh, a little bit more into, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock because, you know, they're in Hawaii, so they've got yeah. plenty of time for playoffs and all that good stuff, whatever they need to do. So uh, I love this tournament every year. Kapalua is a fun golf course. Par 73 is fun. We get shots like the one DJ hit at the par four uh, a few years back where he nearly aced the par four, runs right up next to the hole. So uh, yeah, just geeked for the golf tournament this week. Best bets, Taylor. Let's take a quick look at the odds. Uh, Dustin Johnson is favored at six to one and the JT is seven to one. Rom is seven and a half to one. 
again, I struggle so much to put money on those guys that are at the very, very top. Uh, one thing, too, I was going to say about Xander Schauffele, second most picked in the one and done. I I thought about him a little bit earlier in the week, and then uh, I realized I didn't realize that he was coming out of a COVID quarantine. He's been quarantined for the last two weeks uh, with COVID. Yeah. So, you know, hadn't been out playing, hadn't been practicing. That could be a good thing or a bad thing, and the unknown of it is, is kind of keeping me away from Xander this week, and it'll do the same thing with the betting. But I think you're getting pretty good odds in the teens. Patrick Reed's 14-1. to 1, Hideki's 18-1. to 1. Hideki probably won't win. I wouldn't bet him to win, but I would bet either of the Patricks to win at 14 or 18-1. to 1. And then we start getting down to some real value. What do you think is uh, a better play? Would, would you rather play like a Patrick Cantlay at 18-1, to 1, or do you think that you would get better value? Now, remember, you, you got to win the tournament. Finishing T8 doesn't do you a lot of good. You can get guys like Cameron Champ at fifty to one. You can get Leishman at sixty six to one. Carlos Ortiz at eighty to one. Would you rather get worse odds on a guy like Cantlay or, or go down and play one of those uh, long shots? Harris English thirty three to one. One of those guys. Yeah, it's, that's a very interesting point. I think you know probably like you do, Colby. Maybe kind of differentiate your pot a little bit. Maybe instead of putting you know like if you have thirty you bucks, diversify your portfolio. Exactly, as as our financial experts say. And so you know if you let's say you have a weekly budget of fifty dollars. Well instead of betting fifty on one player, maybe bet uh was it bet you know twelve fifty here, twelve fifty here, twelve fifty here, twelve fifty right. here. Basically if you've got a unit, yeah, then you could bet a third of a unit on one guy, a third of a unit on another guy, and a third of a unit on another guy. Or sometimes what I'll do is like if there's somebody I love, like let's say I want to just for a nice round number, I want to wager a hundred dollars this week on golf. Well, if I really like one guy and I kind of like two other guys, I might put 50 on the guy I really like. And then two on the, and then 25 each on the flyers might do something like that, or even do like a, a 50, 30, 20 split, depending on the order in which I like guys to win. Um, <clears throat> I would, I would say one, one thing is that, you know, I, I would definitely like to diversify, but let's say you do have um, you know, let's say you have, like you said, the one unit or whatever, if you want to split your thirds up, let's say you want to bet, um, DJ, uh, JT, and um, one of the one of the Patricks per se. I mean, if one of those guys wins, you're going to get return on your investment, obviously. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I would say, don't put all of your money on a long shot, at the, especially at this tournament. Yeah, because normally they, it just repeatedly long shots d- rarely win this tournament. Uh, hardly ever. Normally it's like we said I mean, last year with JT, the year before was Xander, the year before was DJ, the year before was JT. Uh, for some reason, 2016 and on here. Reed, Reed won how many ever? He won uh, back Reed to back. Won, Reed won in 2015. Uh, who won it back in 2014? Whoever it is in the field this week. I'm just looking at guys in the field this week and their past performance. DJ won it in 2013. So it's it's a big name field for sure. It's also a field where I feel like the more you've played there, um, not, not to the extent of certainly like an Augusta National or something, but I feel like the more you've played there, the better we see the results. I don't feel like we see a lot of guys run out there uh, in their first event and have a ton of success. Saw a couple last year. Neiman finished fifth. Morikawa finished seventh. But I don't think that we see just a whole ton of that at Kapalua. No, you don't see it. And one thing I think I don't have any evidence to back to sport, um, back to theory, Colby. But I think it, you know, a lot of that has to do with. I mean, you're just going, you're going out to Hawaii the start of the year. I mean, right. you know, I mean, what are you, are you more out there to play golf? Or are you more out there to enjoy the the experience? Yeah. And so who, I think, who goes out there to win a tournament, and who takes the entire extended family and goes well watching every day? Exactly. I mean, like for example, this is uh, Hovland's first appearance, right? Here. And so I mean, even as serious as, a serious as and he can Hovland be from Tyler, uh, Norway. 
Oh, we've got a lot of listeners in uh, Norway. Norway. Shout, Shout out, out Norway. Nor- Norway. We love Norway. Love love Willie in Norway and everything that it brings. But uh, yeah, and so Hovland, is he is he going to be out there? Is he going to want to you know smoke some grass or whatever he likes to do and, and have some fun? Stay off the weed. Yeah, exactly. Or is he going to want to go out and, and play golf? And so those guys that go out there all the time, if you played been out to Hawaii eight or nine times, it kind of loses its value. And so, I mean, kind of anywhere has that experience. So uh, it, I think that's the reason that the first-timers don't succeed as well. But also, too, it, it, it really just takes a lot of getting used to the course and the green undulations particularly. Yeah, no doubt about it. Huge greens, big uh, sweeping slopes going across them. Here's a little little trivia for you before we get out of here for today. This stat, uh, Justin Ray tweeted this out a little while ago. Kind of a fun stat. Most birdies or eagles per round at Kapalua amongst the players in the field this week. Minimum of eight career rounds. So that takes out guys like Finau, Morikawa, um, guy named just second, Neiman. That takes out guys like that. Minimum eight career rounds. Give me the top five in birdies or eagles per round at Kapalua. Ooh, try try okay. to guess them in order. And c- currently in the field, correct? Currently in the not field. Not all time. Yeah, I'm not a, all time. Uh, in order, I will say, well, he's career earning leader, so I'll say DJ one. DJ is not one. Uh, JT one. JT is one. JT five and three-fourths. 5.75 birdies or eagles per round. DJ is second with 5.72. Okay. Well, is, is, I mean, is there a distant gap between third and second? No, there is not. Okay. Hmm. Is Patrick Reed up there? Uh, Patrick Reed is fourth at 5.25. There's a big gap between third and fourth. Okay. So, so Only some... five hundredths uh, per average difference between second and third. Uh, well, see, he's finished. Is it Hideki's third? It is Hideki. 5.67 birdies or eagles per round for Hideki at Kapalua. I love the way that sounds for, for our one I'm Right? Day. I mean, I, both my guys are on here, Hideki and Patrick. And then number five, I don't I don't think you'll guess, but I'll let you take a couple stabs at it if you want to. won't think I'll guess. I'd, mm, I'll give you an obvious hint in five seconds. I, I don't know. Shoffle? Uh, no, he's from Australia, mate. Oh, um, uh, Leishman. Uh, no. no. Oh, why, uh, Adam Scott. Yes, Adam Scott. 5.17 birdies or eagles per round at Kapalua for Adam Scott. How about that? I I thought about picking Adam Scott in my draft kings and it just didn't work. I didn't even consider him. He was at 8,100. He... at one of my lineups he fit into, but then after I uh, mixed around a couple players, he wasn't wasn't in there. He hasn't played here since 14. I know that's that's what that's what threw me yeah. off. It just hadn't played in a while, and played so 09, 11, and fourteen, which which is fine for for a cheaper guy, you know. But for eighty one hundred, eighty one hundred, there, there's yeah. other guys up there I liked a little bit more. Now Scott, yeah, he, he was two hundred more expensive than Cameron Champ, who's top fifteen here the last two years. Exactly, and so I, I think for the value, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if Adam Scott was top ten this week. And he's uh, seven hundred more expensive than Mark Leishman, who's top seven here two of the last three years. But also Leishman is he's had one top fifteen in the oh, last like nine. Forms irrelevant. New year, new leash. That's a good point. Very new year, point. new leash. Twenty twenty one basically just it's we're basically entered a new dimension. Essentially. Oh, you know, it's, I just realized I've got to go. Uh, so I'm kind of walking wounded right now. So I got to go get my shoulder and my knee checked out, and they scheduled me for six thirty p.m. on Thursday. I'm gonna oh, miss wow. so much golf. Oh no! I'm gonna watch on my phone while I'm in the waiting room. I'm actually getting an MRI. I wonder if I can take my phone in the MRI machine. To watch the golf, I, th- I don't think there's. I don't think that would mess it up. Do they have there's a TV no- in. Maybe they have a TV in the MRI. It's been a while since I've gotten an MRI. Maybe they have TVs like on the roof of the MRI machine, and you can just kind of hold the clicker down by your side. 
change th- channel. That, is, your that MRI. is some. I mean, uh, you talk about the best MRI machine of all time. Would you ever want to leave the That's MRI machine? That's also some some degenerate golf fan wanting to watch the golf while <laughs> in the MRI machine. How would, how do the electronic waves work between the television and the, <laughs> no and the MRI? What the and then the remote too? Yeah, if you're a scientist, let us know how that would work. Let us know how we can develop an MRI machine that has a a television in it that's basically hooked up to DirecTV inside the MRI machine. If you can tweet us, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, let us know that. We will uh, custom make you a 73rd hole hat and we will ship it to you. Just uh, let us know. We'll make it happen. Tether, we're back. 2021 Century Tournament of Champions. I love it. And it's the uh, the start of a new year and uh, we had a great first year with the 73rd hole. This next year is going to be even bigger and better though and I cannot wait for it. Absolutely. Go Patrick. Go Hideki. Go Cameron Champ. We will be back next week. We will recap it all and get you ready for the Sony as the PGA Tour season gets underway. Thanks once again for listening to a 2021 edition of the 73rd hole.